3: All right, welcome to Take Human Action PA episode 31. I'm Calvin, I'm your host. Uh, Why don't you reintroduce yourself, Jamie?
0: Jamie Martin, I'm here for the second time.
3: (laughs) There you go. Back to back. So how are you feeling today?
0: Pretty good, man. How are you?
3: Not bad, not bad. Uh, I'm excited for our guest today. This has been a long time coming. We've been trying to schedule this for about a month now. Uh, But since we are on the last episode before the convention uh, early bird registration ends for the LPPA on the 15th, which is this coming Sunday, I do have to mention, definitely get yourself registered for the convention. If you haven't already, it's in Reading, Pennsylvania, March 3rd through 5th. Uh, The link for uh, the convention website is in the comments below. So definitely check that out uh
0: yeah we have an exciting group there's dave smith maj tour whatnot and you have to make sure that you get those in now in order to uh you know get the get the good prices on it yeah because for sure just going uh, up from here
3: i'll be at all the events so you'll see me there and i'm sure uh most of us will be at uh, the events as well up in the uh caucus and it'll it'll be a good time it always is uh dave this will be dave's uh third year coming out to pa so i'm really psyched for that and we got shane hazel too Uh, we talked about his campaign a couple episodes ago yep so that'll be a good time all right so now let's get on to our guest who will also be attending the convention in fact he will be seeking a position at the convention so if you are there and you don't know him already you will definitely run into him there so he is the current secretary for the libertarian party of bucks county he is also on the Judicial Committee for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. He is a uh, former now state Senate candidate, and he is uh, your Ron Swanson at 911 uh, Dispatch. He is Brandon bentram How are you doing, Brandon?
1: Hey there, fellas. Good to see you. Thank you for having me today.
3: Yeah, good to see you. Uh, so, since this is your first appearance on the show, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into libertarian ideas, and what made you come out to the Bucks meeting for the first time?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, libertarian thought and uh, principles have been something that has caught my eye for a very, very long time. You know, I come from a family of mixed politics, um, but, you know, that primarily, like most families means Democrats and Republicans and, and it's about there. Um, but I was lucky to be able to make some friendships with people who were a little bit outside of the, you know, duopoly kind of spectrum. And so ran into some people who challenged me a little bit with some libertarian thought and the more that I challenged my, you know, preexisting notions. I, Really, kind of fell in love with it. There's a lot of beauty there. You know, I would say probably my earliest exposure that really kind of had a hook in me was reading Ayn Rand, which uh, I know sometimes can be a little bit controversial and, you know, sometimes can seem a little bit silly to people who are really far into libertarianism. But, you know, from there, it was a good jumping off point where I've got a lot of admiration for the other thoughts and leaders in the movement, both past and present. And here I am, you know, I jumped in several years ago and uh, I'm really happy to have found a home here. I hope that others can can come and find a home here, too, in the near future.
3: Well, so what made you aware of the existence of the party or the existence of the party in Bucks County? What made you interested in coming out there?
1: Well, so I kind of became more aware of libertarianism as, as a party and as a movement and as an idea through a couple of things. Number one would be my work and my volunteerism with different second amendment groups. Um, I'm very proud to be a a gun owner and I lawfully own many firearms. Sometimes my friends will ask me how many I have and I'll fire back. Well, how many pairs of high heels does uh, your wife have, (laughs) you know, trying to come up with an actual number on that can be a little bit tricky at times. But um but yeah, so that kind of um that kind of helps to to give me some exposure and where I got a real taste of it, especially a lot of you know, really like far you know, into the movement, you know, Second Amendment advocacy groups and um blogs online at the time before there was like a whole lot of things like streaming and YouTube, etc. Podcasts weren't really on the scene yet. And it sparked enough interest that I kind of started looking at there. And then more recently, you know, within the last, like, five years when podcasting really came onto the scene and then lockdowns were starting to happen, I was uh, really interested in a couple of different libertarian podcasts. Um, there was uh, Lines of Liberty I was very interested in, Tom Woods eventually found Dave Smith and Robbie the fire Bernstein on part of the problem really big fan of them and uh also a big fan of debate I love arguing love 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 arguing um I think it's the best way to be able to hone and challenge your thoughts and your beliefs and if you don't challenge them they're not very firmly held And so Gene Epstein, who runs the uh, Soho Forum, I really, really admire him. I haven't been to a single one in person yet. And I desperately want to. I I admire the man so Mm. darn much, but I've listened to to as many of them as I can track down online. And that uh, that very much is is something that I'm into. And so that's really kind of what got me to finally jump and say, hey, I should be a part of that instead of just, you know, admiring it from afar. So here I am now, jumped in with both feet and happy to be involved both on the uh, county level here in Bucks County on the executive committee and on the state level with the judicial committee and trying to also help within the Mises caucus.
3: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, um, a massive influx almost all at once. It was it was crazy how it worked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, uh, we am glad to have you. Yeah. Well, happy for you to I be hope here. somebody
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry,
0: go um, ahead, Jamie. So, so one of the things that I, I definitely really wanted to get into tonight was um, uh, you had just recently gone through a Senate campaign race inside of Pennsylvania. And I know it was a little bit of a contentious thing, and I'd like you to walk us through exactly how that went.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... If you haven't run for public office, I recommend you think about it because it was quite the experience. And, and we're fortunate here in the Libertarian Party, particular here in LP Bucks County, that we have a lot of really high quality individuals and we're growing, we're seeing so much growth, which which makes my heart just really, really happy. Um, but we still are looking for more of those quality people to be able to put into positions where they can run for public office. And there's so much value in that because it helps to get out our message, it helps to go and meet people, it helps to increase our reach. It helps to um, you know, just, just really solidify and mobilize our volunteers and, and help us to really uh, lean on each other. And, and and for me personally, I was able to learn things about myself, Um, now if the question is, was it fun? (laughs) Sometimes yes, (laughs) but there was also some really rough stuff. Um, and I can understand how some people would not want to go through what I went through. Um, in particular, the Bucks County GOP was really happy to use some dirty tactics to target myself and my family and make it really personal and um and that was that was difficult that was that was the less fun part of it
0: would you be comfortable with uh maybe expanding upon exactly what they did um to try to halt your campaign there pretty crazy
3: story
0: there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well so at the time it also um bears mentioning that they were coming pretty hard against several of our candidates in the county and they were happy to use whatever tactics they thought were most effective to go after the different individuals whether that means dragging them through court if they think that they can just throw a bunch of money at the problem and make the uh candidate go away or whether that means like in my case where they're sending people to my home and so i had the unpleasant experience of having a uh couple of very unwelcome visits by a uh private investigator that was hired on behalf of of unknown people that that he wouldn't say exactly who he was working for but but was able to say well yeah you know i come from the gop and uh you know concerned concerned members of the gop i believe is is the way that he kind of phrased it and yeah, they showed up and were stalking my house. Um, they came and they kind of scared my kids. Um, you know that was very not cool. And even after I made it very clear that he was not welcome on or around my property, he returned after dark, at night, unannounced. And also was you know sending a bunch of messages trying to blow up my phone, text messages, voicemails, and everything. And I ended up actually um, calling a neighbor who was a good, uh, really, really good sport. Said, hey, listen, I got this guy who is coming back to my house again. And, you know, I told him I'd meet him at the street and tell him to go away one last time. But, you know, do you think you might be able to help me out? And man, just like that, I had multiple neighbors who, who came down and were able to, you know, play witness and kind of back me up while telling this guy to get lost. You know, and that's and that's only part of it. You know, the, then on top of that, there was shenanigans on election day. There were stuff online. There were attack ads. I I, I was so proud. I, I merited my first personal attack ad where they had my name and and I think actually a very flattering picture of me that they ripped off online. And it said, Brandon Bentram is a fake conservative, to which I answered, where's, where am I advertising that I'm a conservative? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so um, I knew
0: it, I knew it all along. <laughs> 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 so, so, so where, where, what angle do you think that these, a lot of these attacks were coming from? Do you think that the, um, I, I don't know, you, you, uh, threatened the Republican party? Did you threaten the Democratic party? What was, what do you think was playing out there?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't speak to what the billable hours are for hiring private security firms to go and harass individuals and their families over multiple days, nights. I don't know exactly how how long he was stalking my house on the street or, or anything like that. But, you know, if you're expending those resources towards somebody, I'm sure that it does add up over time. If you're creating attack ads and media and and directing people to go and attack them uh it's certainly not because of somebody that you don't see as a threat and if they did see me as a threat I think that it's it's very interesting that you know as is my experience with a lot of Democrats you need a somebody who's deeply entrenched in the the Democrat party and they'll tell you that anytime a libertarian is running they only take away votes from Democrats and then if you talk to somebody that's in the Republican party, you find out that they think, well, that libertarians only go take away votes from Republicans. Whereas my experience was, I, I, I feel like I earned every vote that I got. Mm-hmm. And one of the really touching experiences I had on election day multiple times was having individuals who were registered libertarians. And I was standing by the door, and I was greeting thousands of people that day. I would start off and say, "Hey, my name is Brandon Ventrum, and I'm running for Pennsylvania State Senate." And don't worry, I'm not a Democrat and I'm not a Republican. I'm a Libertarian candidate, and I hope that I can talk to you and ask for your vote today. And a lot of times, I'd get kind of like a you know, you know, some people would just say, you know, no, thank you, and we're polite and would walk along. You know, there were a couple of people who probably were just having a bad day and maybe gave a little bit of a less polite response moving along. Lots of people that would say, Oh, well, you know, tell me a little bit about this or that. And the responses that I alluded to that really made me happy was people who their eyes would get real big and they'd light up and they'd say, I'm a libertarian. I didn't think I'd have somebody to vote for today. I'm just here to make sure that I get to vote. Mm -hmm. And I would really, really love to, to direct anybody who's in one of the establishment, you know, kind of parties to go, go go talk to them and tell them about how my being there was stealing their vote away from a Democrat or <laughs> Republican, because they didn't have any intention in voting for either of them. It was going to be right in Mickey Mouse.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah since you I mentioned mean, that, I, I do want to uh, go into a related subject while also answering the audience question that just popped up so uh, this is our illustrious chair uh, Rob Coburn uh, so I point. do want to point out before you answer that um, we did have a number of people uh, in 2022 abandon the GOP and come to the libertarian Party even just in Bucks County in fact, I think our uh, more recent, are the most recent example of someone who left the republicans to uh come join the libertarians um he was an incumbent uh what's the, the exact name of the position he's on the the borough council, borough council i believe yeah so um joe adams i believe uh, was his name uh, i got That's a chance right. to meet with him he was uh very very nice very polite and very enthusiastic about joining us so um Why don't you tell us about uh, your experience uh, on that end and uh, meeting him and uh, having him talk about the GOP versus uh, the LP?
1: Yeah, well, I don't want to uh, take too much of that because, frankly, I think that Joe would be an amazing future guest to come on here. I would love for him to be able to tell things in his own words. Um, But Joe Adams, he's a borough councilman in pendale borough which is right like in like central uh like lower bucks county pendale borough is like kind of you know people who who kind of know bucks county it's close to like langhorn that general area if you ever heard sesame place it's like stone's throw from there really quaint beautiful little town and joe is an example of the best that the gop has and um, and I was once, you know, full disclosure, I was once registered Republican, you know, that that's, that's in my, my, my past Let's go ahead and pull the public records. You know, I'm not ashamed of, of my, uh, my past registration. What I'm ashamed of is that I fell for the lies that the Republican party leadership tells, and they tell people lies like they're pro small government they tell people lies like they are pro second amendment and they tell these lies that they want to support businesses and the truth is that we've had you know we, we haven't had a big spending bill that republicans don't love to jump on and vote for you know especially when it's right up against a uh, you know one of those dreaded government lockdowns Uh, or shutdowns or or, I'm sorry, I misspoke, not lockdowns, government shutdowns, you know, oh, heaven forbid that the government could shut down. And, you know, it doesn't really shut down now, does it? You know, what do they do? They go and they look for the opportunities to close things that inconvenience voters. So we've got, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of acres of public parks, but, you know, as soon as there's a, a, a budget crisis, and there's a uh, shutdown, well, those are closed because there's no way that people could go and walk around and look at Buffalo and Yellowstone without, you know, the government watching over us, you know, and, uh, you know, they look and they try to lay off a whole bunch of, you know, government workers. And, well, you know, like, that's unfortunate, and I feel for people who are trying to feed their families. But guess what? If you've got a government job, you've got one of the most stable incomes that you could possibly imagine. And a lot of those people are very happy to, you know, execute their duties when it comes to government signing bills or enforcing legislation or, reg- or uh, regulations that shut down or close down family businesses, they close down private businesses, mom and pop shops, um, you know, private entre- entrepreneurs, and, you know, that's severely damaging. And I, and I never see these government workers say, oh, well, you know, we need to think about them until all of a sudden it's just affecting you. Now, is that a natural human reaction where you're kind of looking out for yourself first? I think so, I think so. But what are we doing to educate, inform, and teach people to show a little bit more compassion when we're thinking about others? And at the end of the day, if you have a government position, your paycheck is getting paid by everybody um, and it's not voluntary. Whereas if you are somebody who's running a landscape business or you're a, um, you know, a tech contractor or you're a carpenter or a plumber or you know any of the millions of tradesmen who are really important to run this country. You know, those are individuals. The only reason that they're making money is because of voluntary transactions. And when the government goes and gets in the way of that, well, that's just despicable.
3: All right. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Uh, Jamie, yeah. you got one?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I guess, uh, well, first, we should note what's going on in the comments here. Um, Adam Nutter is definitely going to be at a convention and uh if you care about the poor and downtrodden uh as they are saying be sure to get his ticket
3: lppa 2023.com there is a comedy show friday night uh everybody be there
1: yeah and (laughs) adam Nutter is is fantastic live i count him as a friend he uh he's also on the executive committee for the libertarian party of bucks county and man he is just a talented comic and uh he's, he's a fun guy he puts on a great show if you're not if you're going to convention you need to go to his show there's just no excuse not to yeah
3: you know, that's one thing i really like about the group it's just that there's talent everywhere we don't even need to like go outside for everything we can find it within uh, we within the borders of our own state
0: well um I'd say moving right along here, one of the things that you really wanted to get in tonight um, that we had talked about previously was that you are you would like to target the uh, the welcoming um, into the LPPA, and if you could maybe kind of give us a you know a little bit of a work through of how you think that that would play out, um, getting getting people involved in the LP uh, that are outside of the party.
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. And I think it's an important one to, to check ourselves and to ask ourselves frequently is where are our blind sides and where areas that we can improve in. And we're still at a point where, you know, if you look at a percentage of libertarians in Pennsylvania compared to Democrats or Republicans, we're still very, very small compared to both of those parties. Um, and so that tells me that there's just a lot of opportunity. Now, the question is, how do we start reaching those people? How do we appeal to some of those um, demographics where we might be a little bit weaker? Because I think that there's just a beautiful message here of voluntarism, um, of you know, independence, of being able to to get the government out of your business and out of your decision making and out of way that you want to run your family um but how do we appeal to some of those groups that would really like that message if they just knew about it and also help to make it so they're comfortable knowing that there are some other groups under our kind of big tent that maybe aren't people that they would hang out with in their private life but are really valuable allies in this so um you know i you alluded a little bit earlier that like the attack ad against me in the um you know in my campaign was that like I was a fake conservative you know I mean I'll freely admit that in my personal life I'm probably not somebody that people would think of as a typical or stereotypical libertarian you know what? Do you, what do you guys think are probably some of the biggest things that people think of with like stereotypes? Oh, you're, you're not a
3: hot smoking hippie that happens to like low taxes. Uh,
1: I,
0: I would say, from my perspective, is that you are not a uh, uh, primary anarchist that runs under the guise of being a libertarian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we can we can touch on that 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 too. You, you just but... want
0: it
3: to be legal to do all the vices in the world because you do them yourself and you want it
1: to be justified. <laughs> yeah. You don't you want know, anyone to I stop mean, you. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if we're talking about like uncommon demographics, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a religious individual and I, I faithfully attend church, um, you know, at least bi-weekly, but I, I have a strange unconventional work schedule that makes it difficult for me to say truthfully that I'm there every single week um you know but guess what people still dial nine one one on sundays so i have to work a number of those um that being said you know as part of my religious beliefs and my personal beliefs i don't smoke tobacco i definitely don't smoke marijuana nor have i ever and i don't have any desire to you know any uh i haven't had a single drug that hasn't been prescribed by my doctor and even those i look at with a lot of scrutiny and i don't even drink alcohol um you know i don't drink coffee (laughs) you know if we're talking vices um you know everybody who's watching this you know ask yourself really reflect within how much money are you spending at starbucks on a weekly basis
3: (laughs) are you telling me that you're more conservative than the conservative who attacked you as not being a conservative
1: I mean, I can't say that I am. I can't say that I'm not. But I have, you know. If you, we want to talk vices, you know, probably I, you know, was really excited when my wife made dinner this evening. Um, it was BLTs, and I really, really love my bacon. I love red meat. I probably eat a little bit too much of it, but um, you know. And I know maybe Calvin, that's not your your uh, thing, but you know, it certainly is for me. Um, yeah, I'm sure our diets yeah. would
3: be very different. Uh, proof, if nothing else, that libertarians come in all shapes and sizes. Mm. Yeah, I yep. certainly
0: love my vices, so that's, <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> me. Well, that, that's a <laughs> conversation yeah.
3: for next week, and I will get into what next week's episode is at the end of the episode, but not not right now.
0: <laughs> no, no, of course. Um. Uh. But you touched on this a couple of times, so you keep mentioning that uh you have uh, a certain religious faith and some people might be unfamiliar with it but you are a mormon and i don't know i would imagine that half of our audience doesn't even really know what that means um or you know what to do with it so maybe uh <laughs> say a little bit about like what that is and uh i know that you uh you had uh, said that it, it kind of plays into how you feel about uh volunteerism and the lp in general and where it plays into your
1: religion Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i am a a faithful member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and we're also commonly referred to as mormons uh which isn't the name of our church doesn't offend me but yes you know we're famous for having additional scripture we believe in you know the old testament scriptures we believe in the new testament scriptures and we also have what's called the book of mormon and the doctrine and covenants which is just additional uh scripture that that we have here in our church so you know the real quick view is um you know one of the one of the very common questions is how many wives do you have um that would be one <laughs> and I'm really happy that it's one. We don't do the whole polygamy thing, haven't since the 1800s. Um, you know, the biggest problem with polygamy, fellas, is that if you got more than one wife, you got more than one mother in law. And I love my mother in law, but I'm happy that I have only one.
3: <laughs> that, that is but,
1: a but yeah, you know, one of the really, really important things in our faith, though, is that we believe that there is a really, really important purpose to be here on Earth. And God didn't send us here just because he thought it would be a funny experiment to throw us all on one planet, um, you know, have us forget anything that happened before we came here and were born, and just have us figure it out and just see what happens. Um, it's not a battle royale, it's not a cruel experiment. You know, there is a purpose for it. And that purpose is that one of the most sacred, important things that we have is free agency or free choice. And we need to be able to come here to be able to have an opportunity to make choices for ourselves. And some of us are gonna make really great choices, Um, you know, and they're gonna find opportunities to help and to serve others. And to serve like jesus christ did when he was here on earth and other people are not going to make such great choices and they're going to find themselves um you know draining their family or their friends or alienating them and you know that's uh sometimes a real challenge but it's so important and critical that we all have that opportunity to make those choices because you can't take that away from somebody so, you know, we're really kind of here to be tested a little bit. And if you have government stepping in, and you have government saying, you cannot make this choice or you have to make another choice, well, well that's really kind of interfering with people's ability to have free agency, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Well, so, uh, that's, since um, the subject has come up, um, I'm curious i'm I'm assuming you know something about this the actual history of the Mormons particularly when it comes to the early days and their relationship with the government. so the history there is very fascinating so it, how much how much do you know about that?
1: Well, so the 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 Mormons have the distinction of uh, you know having you know prosecuted by the government and at one point in time there was a mormon war and we didn't lose (laughs) so being part of a faith that went to war against the well really more the united states government went to war against us um and we managed to tough it out that's a source of pride for me
3: yeah they formed their own nation state did they not
1: that is correct yeah you know really um so the at the time in the early 1800s um there was a lot of um a lot of conversions and baptisms and and movement where people were journey, joining the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and a lot of that actually happened here in pennsylvania um and at the time a lot of the pennsylvanians really didn't like it and so a lot of the Saints moved, you know, westward. And at the time, westward wasn't like Arizona, California yet. This was still really early in United States history. And so they actually found themselves in places like um, you know Illinois and then Missouri. And things got to a head where you know the Saints were kind of gathering and in you know really concentrated areas. And the governor of Missouri actually issued an extermination order for the Mormons. And that actually did not get rescinded until I want to say, like, the 1970s or something like that, like some absurdly late date. Yes.
3: That's yeah. much worse than um, those I laws think that you hear Trump's- about, like, women can't live together in Pennsylvania because it's like a brothel law or something. That's like <laughs> that's like a much bigger <laughs> oversight than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, so there was a lot of lot of religious persecution and eventually the saints all kind of packed up and moved out west and settled.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done.
1: near the great salt lake and eventually you know created what is now today the state of utah and so yeah. it really was a uh, an interesting kind of little chapter in american history where they really didn't want the mormons the mormons left they made their own nation state and then eventually as the united states had westward expansion Eventually they said, well, you know, maybe we'll think about it just because they happen to be there. And it'd be really hard to get them out of there because, you know, if you're somebody who likes guns, um, we're responsible for John Moses Browning. So you're welcome. (laughs) And, um, you know, yeah, we uh, we we kind of got a reputation on that one. And so, you know, I'm a convert to the faith, but I'm very proud of that chapter in my faith's history to have uh, been yeah. able to stick it out through extreme adversity.
3: Yeah. So uh, a couple other things about that story that I've read up on my own. That's the first was when they gathered in, uh, I believe it was Nauvoo, Illinois. Um, yep, Nauvoo. Yep. When, yeah. When they left, they eventually made their way over to Salt Lake city on much of the same route. And at the same time, as there was mass migration, on the oregon trail in like the mid 1840s through like the 1850s and unlike with the other pioneers that were not mormons and are going to like oregon and california a lot of times what they did is some of the you know relatively speaking wealthier pilgrims would take their wagon trains like everybody else but some of the uh, other pilgrims who had nothing would just use self-pulled handcarts, and they would be funded by Mormons across the country they would basically gather money and give it to pilgrims leaving from like the Mississippi River just so they could get their stuff together and move over there so they formed like a basically a private charity in a way that didn't really exist for any of the other groups of settlers traveling around the same time
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's correct. And and that spirit of of uh you know pioneer individuals who were willing to go and and some of these, you know, when you say some of these people were impoverished, um, they weren't they it's important, I think, to recognize they weren't impoverished by our standards today. You know, these weren't individuals who like, you know, only had like a couple of pairs of shoes and and you know uh you know like had a had a hard time sometimes you know funding their netflix account <laughs> you know these were sometimes individuals who were leaving the east coast of the united states um with maybe one pair of shoes maybe just rags on their feet you know the kids most certainly didn't have it and they're willing to walk from you know new york pennsylvania virginia all the way pushing hand carts the whole way all the way out to to utah idaho you know sometimes all the way out to california and um there was a lot of sacrifice to be able to do that and the only way that a lot of them were able to do that was with voluntary contributions from members who would help out and say hey let's uh let's you know let's let's serve others let's help them to get here too now on that hand cart history, one of the things that I really, really love is that we we really latch onto that in our church. And so I actually volunteered this past summer with what we call as Trek. And we do reenactments for youth in our church all over the country, where we actually get hand pushed, like hand carts, you know, pioneer style, wooden spoked wheels, just a box with a with a handle on it and we'll actually do a reenactment for for you know part of a week where we have youth from the church teenage you know uh young men and women who will be grouped into like fake families and we've got a whole lot of a lot of super adult supervision for all of this too so there will be like a mom and a pa, and there will be a handful of kids and they have to bring all of their belongings and dress in period appropriate clothing. So, yeah, you know, we're talking like, you know, button-down button-down shirts and like, you know, suspenders and you know, straw hats and things like that. And we'll go and we'll find a location where we can push a handcart company for miles throughout the day where they're carrying all their belongings, carrying a cast iron stove, they're carrying food, they're carrying water, They're carrying their clothes they're carrying um you know uh, uh like a like a basically like a big um my brain's failing me here you know not like a tent but like a almost like a like a drop cloth kind of style tarp and rope so they can set up you know with some sticks like a tent to be able to sleep on at the end of the day and it's an opportunity for them to really kind of get a taste of that. So I helped to organize that for youth all across the Philadelphia area this past summer. And it's a great experience.
3: Yeah. I remember now that you say it, you showed me a picture of that. That, that looked, uh, re- it looked really interesting. Like, yeah, you know, even a wagon, like a, a large wagon with um, bunks and a built in stove, like a wooden stove that that would be a luxury. Of the time that's like mm-hmm. the about the best that you could get so these these guys really had nothing compared to what we're used to mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's um i mean you you kind of started to get into it a little bit there um but it's something that you uh seem to pursue in your life is uh, the the volunteerism like going in and um participating in your community in every way that you can and like uh you said that uh, to me personally uh, that it was like a large part of your faith um, that kind of drives you to this. And uh, I wonder if you could let us in on a little bit of uh, what you've
1: done. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it is it is part of my faith. I can't deny that, um, you know, like if you even look at the state of Utah, it's called the Beehive State. Yeah. Oh, and There's a whole lot. A lot of you know uh if you look around there's a lot of like beehives and the symbolism in there because everybody wants to be kind of a busy worker bee. um but you know i did not join the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints until i was 18 years old well before that i was involved with different volunteer groups just because i was raised by parents who who taught me that you know it was just always good to go and help others and to help out and to pitch in and things like that so i remember when i was still in you know middle and high school i joined an environmental group and really enjoyed going uh it was called sea green and we would go and we would just do like trash pickups and sometimes we do it along the side of roadways but my favorite ones were when we would get a bunch of canoes together and we would either go down local creeks or uh, your little estuaries or lakes or something like that. Um, And in fact, sometimes we, a few times we actually went into the Delaware River with just hundreds of volunteers and a whole bunch of canoes. And we would just go and you paddle for a little bit and you kind of go into the bank. Then you stop your canoe, you get out, you pick up a bunch of trash, bring it all into the canoe, bag it up and then paddle down the river a little bit and repeat the process. And, you know, it. uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe some people really wouldn't enjoy that, but I've always enjoyed that. And I like being able to look back and say, hey, look, there's an area that I made it just a little bit better. You know, those uh, those candy wrappers, they didn't belong there. The, uh, The straws didn't belong there. The, you know, the bottles, the cans, you know, whatever, fish hooks and lines. You know why not just leave the place a little bit better than the way we found it you know but in addition to that i also was uh served as a volunteer firefighter for you know better part of a decade um i was really proud of that you know the only reason why i stopped is just because when my wife and i were starting our family I looked around and I saw a whole bunch of other individuals I looked up to in the fire company and a lot of them would complain about how little they got to see of their kids because it was completely volunteer. And the majority of the fire service here in Pennsylvania is volunteer. You know, a lot of people think this. like, you know, it it uh you know it's just paid for by the local government. Well, you know, that's true if you're in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh uh baby Harrisburg some of the more w- well populated areas yes <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know and here in Bucks County we have some fire companies which are like a mix where they'll have like some paid guys and then they'll have a bunch of volunteers so they'll have like daytime coverage for example but still the vast majority of fire companies in Pennsylvania are all volunteer and so only reason I kind of got out of it was because I want to be able to be there for my kids while they were young and we've got three wonderful daughters and I've really been enjoying being a dad and still toy with the idea of getting back into the, uh, the fire company. But, you know, beyond that I volunteer my time with, you know, scouting programs. I've been with boy scouts with the cub scouts, um, church youth programs and obviously volunteer a whole bunch of my time with the libertarian party. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also second amendment organizations, which I mentioned earlier.
0: Um, so, uh, one question that I kind of formulated here while we were talking is, uh, what, what drove you to want to run for the judicial committee? Um, how did you end up there of all places? Because it seems to be one of the most hated places for a position.
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, through my experiences in, uh, you know, the, the, the lppa jc in the past year and with uh you know serving on the xcom and bucks you know i i can say with a pretty small uh population you know there certainly have been some uh resignations and vacancies and hesitancies for wanting to even be there to begin with um but i mean i guess i guess what drew me to the jc is i believe myself to be a man of principle and I, I work really, really hard to live up to the expectations that I have for myself and, and become the example that I want my daughters to look up to. And I think it's important that we have individuals in judicial committees to be able to be a safeguard against um, you know individuals who might be in leadership positions that might be doing things that are not exactly within the scope of their positions or maybe outside of the bylaws that we've decided on as a group and just have somebody who can be very, very um, neutral in looking at that thing and calling the balls and strikes, you know, and, and, and by the way, sometimes those individuals might be, might be trying to do something that in their mind they think is right. I don't want to say that every time that there is something that comes before the JC, that it's because somebody necessarily has outright malice, but maybe they just have a different understanding on an interpretation on an issue or something like that. And I do pride myself on being detail oriented. Um, you know, if you talk to some of my friends and my family, instead they might say, uh, well, he's a little bit uptight. You know, I've got fuel logs in each one of my, my cars or trucks or vehicles and that guy, you know, give me a couple minutes to go off camera i could even get one of those and i can tell you what i paid for gas for my you know saturn sl1 back in you know 2004 (laughs) you know and i can tell you where i got the gas how much it was now many gallons i purchased but you know that's just i don't know part of my personality i come from a very german family and I don't shy away from that. Instead, I just am a record-keeping individual who likes to read, and likes to to get into the details of things.
0: Mm-hmm. And you don't like those uh, Polish libertarians, definitely.
1: No, <sighs> oh, no, no. Those Polish libertarians are fantastic. Beautiful, long... I'm not even old, sure who you're... I'm just trying to throw them a bone at this point.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I, I am... Uh, just under half Polish.
1: Yeah? yeah. Well, I'll share half a pierogi with you next time my wife makes some.
3: <laughs> yeah, conversation for another time.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. So, so my, my wife my wife has poles in her family and um and and I love, love, love messing with them. But I have to say, if you've never been, there is a wonderful Polish festival outside of Doyle's Town at the Shrine of Our Lady of Czestochowa every year. And, and uh, it is uh, so much fun. And they have such an incredible history to celebrate as a, as a people. And really, like, who who doesn't love just having tons and tons of pierogies?
3: Yeah, if, if you go and just <laughs> it, ask me,
1: I'll tie it along. I didn't even um, know pierogies
0: were a Polish thing.
3: Oh, they are. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've had my, fill I'm learning memories. something today.
1: Oh, <laughs> some, some poll you are, Jamie. Yeah. Well, I'm not. <laughs> All right.
3: No. There you go. Yeah. I have some interesting stories uh, with my ancestors too. a conversation for another time. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me ask you this. So um, early on, I, um, like with a pat, like uh, within the past uh, two or so years, let's say, um, but you you could say that we in uh, the party and the caucus in particular had like a very specific goal. Like the messaging of the party needs to change. We haven't been going in the right direction. We haven't been making progress. So we're going to, you know, come in in large numbers and you know, inswell the party, bring more people in, change the direction of our messaging and change the party for the better. And as of May of last year, we've done that. We we now have at both at the state level of Pennsylvania, even the county level slightly before that, and now the national level, we've completely changed the trajectory of the party where now we have better messaging and more than we've ever done, where previously we had basically none. (laughs) Uh, So that's all good. But with that said, when it comes down to us down at the um, state and county level, sometimes we don't always see what's going on. We don't always see the end results of, you know, where are we going from here? So as someone who's as involved in the party as you are um what would you say uh keeps you going keeps you involved and motivated as we continue into 2023
1: well yeah so i mean (laughs) we're the the mises caucus is the dog and we finally caught the ball now what do we do with it and like you said cleaning up messaging and be able to get more effective and, uh, you know, actual libertarian messaging out there was an important goal. And I think that by and large, we've, we've done pretty well with that. And I'm proud of of a lot of that. Now, it's not that that hasn't come with some controversy. Um, You know, there's some States that maybe, uh, you know, push things like really close to the edge with, you know, controversy and, and sometimes they you know ruffle up some feathers and i think that's okay i think that i think that we need to have some of that and that's an important function even if the content of what they're saying might not necessarily be something that i would have said myself but and we and i think that maybe i kind of failed to to fully answer this earlier we need to be looking at opportunities to appeal to wider groups and demographics and you know it's important to to get individuals, you know, I don't know if I'm the the best example or the perfect example, but you know, but take take me as one going out there and saying, "Hey, I'm a libertarian and I'm involved and I'm not a I'm not a stoner, you know, I'm not a big pothead." But guess what? I've got a whole bunch of friends who are, and they should be able to do that. And let me tell you why. And be able to intelligently talk to people about how damaging the uh the drug war is. And, and by the way, it's not just damaging to individuals who do drugs because the child who lost his mother or his father to a long drug, you know, long conviction, uh, now they're in prison for something that, uh, you know, they had just a little bit too much marijuana on them or something. Well, guess what, you know, that kid who's missing his mom or his dad for sometimes years at a time. Well, he's an innocent victim in this and uh you know would i personally rather mom or dad maybe weren't token up all the time uh, well yeah sure you know but i think that it's a lot less damaging that sometimes mom or dad you know responsibly go and, and have a little bit of grass and you know the rest of the time they love and they care about their kids not that there aren't situations where there's abuse but that's a totally separate conversation you know i've known plenty of individuals who Use substances very casually and very, you know, uh, I would say as responsibly as one can. And I have no problem with that. Doesn't automatically make you a bad parent. Doesn't make you automatically a bad person. Doesn't make you automatically a bad employee or a bad member of society. And to throw those people into prison for what are generally nonviolent crimes um is really just a terrible mistake and it's big or bigger of a mistake than when we tried the whole prohibition on alcohol thing Now, i'm not somebody who drinks alcohol and by the way there are plenty of people who do drink alcohol and they're not breaking any laws by doing that and they'll spend all day every day completely blasted and you know do real damage to their kids And now sometimes that's a little bit of a different conversation but the truth of the matter is that legality and morality are two completely separate things and just because something is illegal like jaywalking for instance there's nothing immoral about crossing an empty street when nobody's around and say you have mobility issues and you're just trying to get back to your home but it's illegal and there's nothing illegal about getting totally drunk sitting at home and ignoring your kids but i would say that that is immoral and people need to draw a distinction and stop using the government to try to force morals or try to to pick and choose what is and is not okay and so i just want to go and try to reach those individuals who maybe don't fully understand that or maybe haven't been challenged to think about that and say hey here's an area where we can get behind a lot of things that you do care about, because how would you like to keep more money in your own wallet? How would you like the money in your wallet to be worth more and stop having the value inflate away? You know, maybe don't lead off with end the Fed, but that's something i definitely am interested in, but it's an education barrier where we need to be able to reach people and say, Hey, you know, it's really crazy. I just had to take out a second mortgage to be able to get some more eggs for my refrigerator feed my kids (laughs) you know and a lot of people are really angry about that and they don't fully understand the why behind this why this is happening and that's why libertarian theory and uh, you know austrian economics are just so beautiful once you're able to teach and educate people about them um you know and i am seeing the comment you just pulled up and and yeah absolutely right yeah no no uh, I, all, all i have to say that that as as a uh, faithful member is amen you know if you're trying to legislate morality it's just not going to work you know look at look at all the morality that's being legislated and enforced over in iran right now and you yeah. have people there being hanged and, and killed for you know running afoul of of religious police You know, that's another extreme end of things, and that's also immoral. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and to circle back to uh, the question from the beginning, Uh, I think this is a this is a a good comment that sums it up, basically. So uh, we're looking to get Mises Caucus Energy uh, back into the party by getting involved in the committees and campaigns. Brandon is not running this year, unfortunately, but um, campaigns like Brandon's will definitely need help, including in Bucks County and the rest of the counties in the state. Yeah, so the best thing that you can do uh, if you're not already in the caucus is sign up at takehumanaction.com, and if you are already in the caucus, or uh, if you don't, Intend to sign up as a member of the caucus, but you're going to, but you want to work on a campaign or run as a candidate yourself, sign up at runaslibertarian.com. So that's what I would recommend.
1: Yeah. And I might, I might challenge you. If you're, if you're somebody who's watching this and you're interested in freedom or liberty or liberty issues or the Libertarian Party, you haven't joined up yet, you know, now is just the absolute best time to do it um you know it's kind of like that old you know adage about like you know trees you know the best time to 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 plant a tree was 20 years ago the second best time is today you know i feel the same way about getting involved and to to try to be able to help to move the the metric a little bit more towards individual liberty you know there's a whole bunch of really great uh you know things that are out on the internet you know with meme culture and everything and I really enjoy the one with you know like the way that people look at libertarians and it's a guy who's like holding a bunch of machine guns over you know a bunch of like you know marijuana plants or something like that you know and actual libertarians and it's a guy who's before council and says i don't understand why the government could tell me what color i can and cannot paint my garden shed you know let's yeah. let's help to to show some compassion and help people so they can just live their lives and be left alone if you like being left alone let's let's help others to be able to have that privilege also yeah ben
0: brandon bentram uh support legalized cocaine uh yeah here we are yep
3: uh i'll add, add that to his uh flyers for the next time he runs for office oh gosh
1: <laughs> hey I'll say it on video, unequivocally, yes, I support legalizing, uh, as as our esteemed President Barack Obama said, a little bit of blow.
3: Yeah, well, one other campaign uh, issue I want to highlight since it is important. Joe, your nullification. We talked about it on the last episode, um, so we don't need to go into too much detail on it again, but um, it is very important. Um, That is a very key way to... Uh, bring unjust laws to heel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a a good friend who sadly moved out of state, um, Andy, who got kicked off of the Bucks County Courthouse property for handing out flyers about jury nullification years ago. Yeah.
3: Uh, Yeah, and uh, Rob was telling us last time that you can't even uh mention it as a juror or they'll just invalidate the whole jury and call it a mistrial which is absolutely insane
1: yeah, I wonder how many times an attorney could go through and uh, try that trick. How many mistrials are they going to uh, declare before eventually yeah. giving in? You I guess it like, probably holds you in contempt. Usually, just stand across the street from the courthouse, and yeah. hand out the
3: flyers will make everything mistrial.
0: Well, they 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 arrested NJ Weedman for that in yeah. New Jersey. Not so. being serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: man. All right. Well, uh, we're getting to an hour here. Um, so do you have anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap up here?
1: Oh man. You know, just BLTs. If you haven't had one recently, you gotta go find yourself some quality bacon, crisp it up real nice. Make sure you got some mayo on there, a nice fresh, big, juicy tomato. Uh-huh. Don't refrigerate your tomatoes, people. No, it takes all the flavor out. You of her. know it's what? And homemade, salad, homemade that
0: mayo. It's just eggs. All right. Well, that yeah, yeah uh, that it's not that great. difficult. It's really not that hard.
1: No, no, it really isn't. I'm fortunate I've got a really talented <laughs> wife, and yeah, we've been married now for for oh gosh. A lot of years, more more years than I'm going math right now on camera. But she's uh, gonna watch boy, this later
0: and be very upset with you.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's okay. I'm I'm used to that. I'm used to uh, figuring out ways to to say, you know what, I'll make it up to you. But uh, yeah, today today I went and did the run to the grocery store, and so I have literally brought home the bacon, and so I can I can maybe talk a little bit more freely right now. And, and your your twenty dollar carton of eggs, yeah yeah well fortunately we have uh backyard chickens so um, you know you. for the first time ever our our backyard chickens are actually turning out to be very economical you know most of the rest of the time eggs were so cheap that it really kind of was silly but now all of a sudden um seems like it's uh, yeah. a steal
0: there you Put go in
1: your notes people buy chickens time is go. coming St- stock up on them now get them while they're hot
3: <laughs> well, one thing one other thing I, I do want you to mention, uh, isn't there going to be a certain special treat inside a certain special uh, county basket at the convention?
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. So my, my, my wife owns and runs a, a wonderful business called Bucks County Buttercream. And she makes these beautiful cake creations and cupcakes and my absolute favorite, favorite thing is she makes what are called cannonballs. And they're also referred to sometimes as cake bombs. And they're delicious little chocolate morsels filled with cake and buttercream. And so uh, she was generous enough that she's gonna be donating some of those to our basket, which you know in turn, Bucks County is gonna be donating to LPPA for convention. So that's gonna be in there and there will be some wonderful little little goodies in there. So either bid high on that basket. So you get them or make really good friends with somebody else who did. So maybe you can steal one or two.
3: Yeah. I don't know how I missed them last year, but I ordered a cake from her since the last convention. I can definitely attest uh, best baked goods around. So definitely has Bucks County buttercream definitely has my endorsement. And I'll even say you should definitely buy an ad in the program for the convention because you'll get a lot more business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a, it's not not a terrible idea for sure. You know, but I mean, like how, how, how awful would we be of uh, you know, Austrian capitalist libertarians if we're not plugging good capitalist businesses when we have every opportunity to, because it's just a beautiful thing when people go and they provide value to society and they're able to make money through voluntary exchanges and doing so.
3: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, so how can people follow what you're doing, Brandon?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really nearly as important as as this entire movement. You know, if you're interested in seeing what I have to say, you can certainly follow me on Twitter. It's Brandon Bentram. I tell people to remember my last name as if you were riding a bike and you hit the curb and you bent the rim. It's spelled just like it sounds. So I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. But most importantly, I would just love for you to come and show up in person to Libertarian Party of Bucks County meeting, connect with us, come and interact with us, join some committees, get involved, even if you're only doing a little teeny tiny bit, all those hands help to move the work forward. And if you're going to the uh, Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania Convention, as I am, I look forward to seeing you and I hope that you'll introduce yourself and shake my hand and we can become friends and, uh, you know, whether uh, whether you're going there to, to have some drinks or not, or you're going to smoke a little bit or not, or you're going to eat some red meat with me or not. You know, all of us can be friends as long as we want to get the government out of our business.
3: I'll tell you what, I will load every single one of those things you just mentioned onto a hand card and drag it over from Bucks County. to the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan.
3: All right, perfect. Uh, Jamie Stop Larkin. being
0: frugal and uh, buy his wife's cakes. Anybody? Yes, here.
3: and buy a generous, a, a generous convention
0: package. 100%. Yeah.
3: So should
1: we should we end this like a uh, like a malice episode? You know what, Calvin? What has been your favorite part of this interview? <laughs>
3: well, I was going to give Jamie to, a chance to plug uh, where people can follow him.
1: Um, oh, so yeah, Jamie, really where can we back, find we can you, man? Back to, uh, oh my <laughs> uh,
0: Jamie, I, I suppose yeah. primarily by Facebook. That's about all I have going right now. So right. Jamie Barton at Facebook. <laughs> all right. Well,
3: you guys know where to follow me now. It's, it's on here. Um, I'm doing most of the social media at the moment. Um, so, Brandon, what was your favorite part of this episode?
1: My favorite part of this episode is just looking at the beautiful people that I'm here with and just knowing that this is a movement that is growing and it's becoming more and more of a threat. And you can tell the impact that we're making by how hard the you know establishment uh, members of the GOP and the DNC are coming at us. And believe me when I say that the more success we have, the nastier it's going to be the more the gloves are going to come off from those people and the more attention they're going to focus on us. And we're going to just look at that with big old smiles on our face, because it means that we are growing and we're winning and we are gaining more and more influence from people who just want to live their lives and be left alone.
3: Well, you are welcome. And don't forget to take human action. Bye.